morning and welcome to the podcast to be named later. My name is Alex Dumpf. I'm flying solo this morning. No co-host. You know, daily shot doing that week of daily shots for Dayon, that was that was something that was probably good for me in the long run. Just the exposure therapy of hey, if you have to go solo, you can go solo. You've done it. Spread your wings, fly. It was the AAA player who was put into the everyday lineup there for a bit. But we're going to see how, you know, a couple solo ones every once in a while are going to go. I still like the idea of bringing in some guest hosts. Keep it fresh. So it's not just me. Like I said, this is the podcast to be named later on DK Sports Radio. And I, I admit, I tend to like to talk about pitching more than hitting. I find pitching more interesting. I, in the Pirates, in this farm system that they've created, there's a lot of pitching to talk about. But we're going to talk about the hitters today. And basically, what is this team's offensive profile in the future? How are they going to identify as hitters? Not just in 2021, because 2021, there are some real questions around it, but going forward. Because 2021, I don't see Adam Frazier being part of this team next year. I really, really don't see any path for Gregory Polanco to come back in 2022 or beyond. He is either A, going to play well these first couple months of the season and get traded, or B, he's going to struggle to the point that he's released some point midseason, or if it's somewhere in between, they'll probably just take the option buyout at the end. So this is probably the end of the road for Gregory Polanco, who is the best true power threat left in this lineup. Colin Moran has potential to hit 20-something. Cabrian Hayes, I <laughs> just to temper down expectations a little bit around him after that outstanding first month in the major leagues don't think he's going to don't expect him to hit like he did you know 376 ops of 1100 whatever it was don't expect that the entire time i kind of view power wise more of an andrew mccutcheon type of deal for a ceiling where yeah he's probably going to hit 20 or so with a lot of doubles still really good slugging percentage but you know not this absolute monster in that regard. And as far as, you know, in the farm system, Nick Gonzalez is another guy who has 20-ish homer power. Mason Martin is the real big, you know, right-handed power threat. And of course, you have O'Neill Cruz, who, Charrington once again, doubled down, you know, we think he can play shortstop in the major leagues. <sighs> He's an outfielder, eventually. He's got to play at the outfield. At some point. I don't know when. They say they are, they keep reiterating. They think he can play shortstop. And they're not going to move him off shortstop until, you know, they're 100% convinced. But, you know, this was on Sunday. Whenever we got to talk to Ben Sherrington, it was the first time he actually admitted, you know, maybe, maybe uh, it probably, maybe he doesn't stick there. And no, no one ever really just plays one position, you know, in the minor leagues. You're exposed to another one. Unless you're Cabrian Hayes, but, you know, that's besides the point. But looking at the rest of the lineup, I mean, Brian Reynolds is a guy who's going to hit 20-ish, potentially. 
if you want to go crazy with the Anthony Alford, he does have raw power, but it's never really translated. I would consider him more of a speed guy than a power guy. And that might just be the look of the Pirates going forward. Pagero is another guy who has a little bit of pop, but is more of a speed guy. Gonzalez has some speed. Brian Reynolds has some speed. Brian Hayes has some speed. Is this team just going to rely on its legs? The Pirates cannot be good doing what everyone else in the league is doing. The, the money ball quote of if we try to be the Yankees in here, we're going to lose to the Yankees out there. That applies to every team in the Pirates, in the Pirates position. And it's why the A's are so good, you know, year in and year out. What do they do? They they tracked OBP, you know, 20 years ago, whenever no one was really valuing it enough. Whenever OBP started to skyrocket in price, what do they do? Oh, slugging percentage, that's now, you know, being undervalued. And then the juice ball happens and Oakland's ready to go. Now they have Super Bowl pens and, you know, they get by, you know, really, really shoddy starting rotations that way. The Pirates have a bunch of young pitchers that they think could be the basis of a really good starting rotation in the future. And I, I have talked about that. That's exciting. And I think whenever the Pirates are competitive, you know, ideally in a couple years, if this rebuild goes the way that they want it to, then yeah, they're probably going to be a pitching first team. In the same way that those 2013-2015 teams were pitching first for the most part. Even though you wouldn't expect, like, oh, man, a rotation with Edison Volquez, Vance Worley, Jeff Locke. You know, that's a pitching first team. But as the most part, those teams were carried by their pitching. Really the defense also, and being smart in shifts, and doing all the good stuff, doing all the little stuff right. But offensively, Derek Shelton has said that one of the main reflections he took from last year was running. Did he run enough? Not necessarily even stolen bases, but hit and runs. You know, trying to take that extra base, getting aggressive in those regards. And yeah, he brought up the good point of there are a lot of games that the Pirates are just really out and you can't run into an out on the base paths at that point. If you got a base runner on, you, you can't risk it. you got to just hope to string a couple hits together. You can't, you know, <laughs> you can't play for one run by trying to steal second base. But with a dead end ball, and everything, I think that needs air quotes and everything. We're not going to really know until a couple months into the season how much you know the dead end ball, the reworked structure, the humidifiers, the humidifiers, finally stabilizing that. I think that's kind of been undervalued or underplayed throughout all of this. Is just keeping it at a consistent humidity. That is really good. Dead in the baseball. And if you don't believe me, look at Colorado before and after humidifier. Look at Arizona before and after humidifier. And yeah, that's on the field, but the way the balls are stored, if it's going to dry out, it's going to fly. And we've seen that in the past. So if this is a team that, if this is a league that's going to start hitting less home runs, are the Pirates on the bit of the forefront here? If they're going to really rely on speed and creating runs those ways. John Baker, the new director of player and coaching development, basically the reworked title for the farm director, said that 
he he came from the Cubs, and the Cubs have a lot of those three true outcome hitters, and that works over 162. Doesn't always work for a five game series, a seven game series, which is why the Cubs, who had built one of the most talented young nucleuses in a long time, they won one championship barely. And that was basically it for them. It wasn't really like there was a juggernaut team that was in their way. They just faltered whenever it really mattered. They weren't built for that. And John Baker said that he would like this team to return to more of an old school style of baseball. That doesn't mean old school. We're throwing out the analytics. We're going to, you know, we're going to live in darkness because it's comfortable. Old school in that teams are undervaluing parts of the game again and speed might be one speed might be one not to say the pirates are going to become the you know the Herzog St. Louis Cardinals and run you know all the time maybe if they get a Vince Coleman type of deal UL Washington maybe they could change things They'd become more aggressive there but if Maybe that's what to take away. That's what's to take away from the 2021 offensive season for the Pirates. Outside of, you know, how do how does Reynolds bounce back? How does Hayes, you know, what's his encore? Is Anthony Alford someone? Is Colin Moran? You know, there's individual storylines. But as a whole, will the Pirates run more? Will it be effective? This is a great opportunity just for experimentation they are free of the burden of expectation experiment it, it might not work and if it doesn't whenever those gonzalez's pagueros come up maybe you don't go with that plan then I don't know exactly what this offensive profile is going to be for the Pittsburgh Pirates going forward. A lot of it's going to depend on how those young hitters continue to develop, when are they going to make the major leagues, and how do the guys who are already in the major leagues who could figure to be part of that future, how do they respond? How do they, from the challenges of last year? But I have this sinking suspicion that if John Baker means what he says... And that this team's going to adopt more of an old school way. Maybe not those 80s Cardinals, but maybe not, you know, what we've seen across the league lately. Maybe something closer to those 2015 Royals. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. To the podcast to be named later here on DK Sports Radio. My name is Alex Stumpf. I'm going to talk about culture here. Team culture. And I know someone out there rolled their eyes because, man, have we heard about this a lot. How so many of the Pirates higher-ups emphasize you know we got to improve the team culture Derek Shelton that has been one of his main goals one of his main talking points 
ever since becoming manager. You know, we we have to improve the culture in the clubhouse, in the throughout the organization, develop that player centric culture. I get how that could be a bit grating. Hear that all, hearing that all the time. Well, the Pirates go on to finish with the worst record in baseball, and quite frankly, could again in 2021. I want to bring that up, though. Because good culture, maybe you don't even see it. Maybe it's one of those, if everything's going right, you don't really notice it going on at all. But then whenever you have a bad culture, well, <laughs> Seattle, how that's going right now. I'm not going to get too too deep in the Kevin Mathers statements. A lot of them racist. A lot of them problematic from a purely baseball standpoint. And MLBPA basically released a statement after Mather resigned saying, you know, like, hey, we can't do anything about this right now. We're going to remember this, though. Come, the, come time to negotiate for these next CBA. So that's just wonderful. Kevin Mather just added a little more gasoline to that fire. And, you know, it's even more infuriating whenever the two sides go a little while without doing something truly horrible <laughs> or something that would really tick off the other side. I mean, it's one thing for, hey, do you want to start the season a month later? No, we don't like this wording in the contract. Well, what if we change that? No, we're just going to play the full 162. That was at least, that was as civil as those two sides had been in a long time, okay? That was, I was bracing for the worst as just a journalist like, oh, man, I gotta talk about labor talks again in 2020. This was supposed to be my, my freebie year, 2021. It doesn't feel like 2021 yet. I don't know. Maybe whenever I'm actually at a ball game again. I keep making that mistake. It's not 2020 anymore. But what the, what's going on in Seattle right now? Top to bottom, there are a whole lot of angry, angry players. And it's coming at a bad time for them. Because Mariners are basically in the same situation as the Pirates. That No, they're not going to do anything that good this year. But a couple good prospects are going to start coming up in 2022 and 2023. Okay, they could be a sleeper. 2024, this is, should be really good. He's gone, but Mather's comments are definitely going to sting. It's not going to go away. That's bad, bad, bad player culture. Bad clubhouse culture, a culture of not being centered for the players. And it's not just the young guys going after the Kyle Seegers. What did Kyle Seeger do to anyone? I mean, his if he was in New York... If Kyle Seager had the exact same career in New York, he would have been an all-star a couple times. He would have been, you know, finished in the top 10 for MVP a couple times. One of the most underrated third basemen of the past decade. And he's like, oh, he's overpaid. He's like, not really. He had one bad year on a seven-year contract. This is the last year of it. Okay, he was a... He ran the gauntlet of being an impact player to being like... A really good all-star level player in five of those six years so far. And then one replacement-ish level year. 
He was still he still kept his head above water there, but it was a bad year. You take that deal all the time if you're Seattle. Like five, that's that's good. Five good years. And he's trashing them. From what we've heard from the Pirates, this was this was going to be the first real test of that clubhouse culture. They had a running start. Shelton and the new staff, they had a running start on creating a new culture just by virtue of not being Clint Hurdle. Like, whenever that one co-worker quits and you really didn't like them, and then the new guy sits next down to you, you're like, well... I like you more than the last guy, if nothing else. Maybe you grow on. Maybe after time you're like, no, 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 don't like him either. Get him out of here. But at least early on, you have that virtue of not having to worry about that. This was going to be the first real test of that clubhouse culture because they're without Josh Bell, they're without Joe Musgrove, and they're without Jamison Town. And if anything, maybe it's tested a little more because there are still a couple guys who were teammates with them. Adam Frazier, you know... He talked on Monday, didn't say anything, you know, like, real bad. <laughs> Actually, he didn't say anything bad at all. I don't know why I said didn't say anything real bad. But he didn't say anything like, you know, I can't believe I'm still here. I can't believe they traded all my friends. Now I'm all alone and I'm here with a bunch of ankle-biter players, you know, who have one year service time or less. He didn't say that. He could have been bitter, but he's fine. He, Adam Frazier is there to work. He's the same guy that's been there for the last couple years. Jacob Stallings, same situation, had really grown up with a lot of these guys, had been with them for a long time. He's ready to work. He's ready to be a mentor, more of a mentor and more of a leader, too. And that's a good sign. Whenever there are some clubhouse guys who go, or, or even maybe the most, you know, <laughs> one that kind of floored me a little bit was Mitch Keller, saying that he knows that there are going to be a lot of people who are looking to him to be you know, one of the big pitchers of that next good Pirates team. And there are going to be a lot of eyeballs on him, so he's got to put in his work. He's got to be his version of a leader. You know what? Mitch Keller isn't the type of guy who's going to do the big rah-rah speech in the middle of the clubhouse. But the fact that he recognizes that's where the organization is right now. And that he welcomes and he wants those eyeballs on him he wants the quinn priesters the cody boltons all these young kids to look at him and be like follow this example will you do we're going to be the top three or in the rotation of a neck of the next playoff team that's what you want we haven't been able to go into a major league clubhouse in almost a year that stinks. So a lot of this is hearsay. I'll give it that. But a lot of the right things are being said. This year's going to test them. Because you could go in optimistic and everything about it, but it's another thing whenever you're on pace for 100 losses. I don't think they're going to get broken down just by a bad season. And there's going to be some fresh blood that comes up as the year goes on. There's a lot that the Pirates are doing right that isn't going to translate to the 2021 team. It's a much better culture 
top to bottom. Travis Williams isn't going to be going on saying, you know what, Gregory Polanco is probably overpaid. Even though after what Gregory Polanco has done over the life of his contract, that'd be far more justified than Kyle Seeger. But they aren't going to do that. There are people who want to step up. The culture one year in, it's been over a year, just over a year, it looks like the Pirates have something to work with. A good foundation, not just in terms of players, but an environment that they want. That is it for the podcast to be named later here on DK Sports Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to check out on the weekend for our podcast show, Young Bucks. Jerry Kruger and I host that one. And there are a lot of great shows here on DK Sports Radio. Be sure to give it a listen. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk again next week.